We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions wraps up the second week and final week of training camp. Who were some guys that stood out? And Joe Dahl receives an extension from the Detroit Lions. What does that mean for the other offensive guards on the team? Find out on episode 31 of the Pride Podcast. guys welcome back to episode 31 of the pride podcast on the blue wire network and 31 episodes i'm tyler from lions nation i'm pierre from detroit lions fan page what's going on everybody i am malcolm i'm with the detroit lions video page all right guys before we get into our topics i want to thank you guys so much for all the support from episode 30 and just get into that achievement of doing 30 episodes. It's crazy. You know, never expected to do it that quickly. So crazy. And you guys support us. The reason why we keep doing this. So appreciate all you guys, really. But today on episode 31, we got some more training camp to talk about. And you guys, you know, dig the training camp talk we talked about last week. Now we got week two of training camp. Week two was a very interesting week. So we have a lot to get into. But before we do that, the Lions had... A contract. Uh, there's something with the new contract. They extended offensive lineman Joe Dahl. And, you know, this is very interesting. You know, uh, there's been competition if he will start. Will he be a backup? You know, he didn't play too much last year. So this is a very interesting. Pierre, I want to start off with you. What is your thoughts and opinions of the Lions giving that extension to Joe Dahl? All right, one thing about Joe Dahl, he's obviously developed every year. Um, he was injured earlier in his career, but now he's developed. Um, I, like, I like the way he's developed. He could play all five positions on the O-line, and he could also play fullback. So there's your versatility that they always talk about. And <clears throat> he's also right now in the competition to start at left guard. So I like this move, you know? 
maybe it like motivates him to be better. Like they just paid me. I got to play better. You know, maybe Kenny Wiggins, they just paid him. Holy shit. I got to I got to step up my game. So it's motivation for like everyone. Odeyabushi, you know? So I'm really mm-hmm. excited. I like it. I, I thought Pierre actually had a really great analysis on this saying like uh his motivation. I never really thought about it like that, but that's actually a really good, you know, take on it. Um right. yeah, you know, I think it's a good move. You know, the Lions offensive line is lacking some depth and I think Joe Dahl is a guy you should keep around and I think this is good motivation for him. And you know, this was Bob Quinn's first year signing so, um first year of one of his first draft picks. So, um I I like the move, you know, like uh, Pierre said earlier, he's very versatile, can play all five positions, and that's something the Lions really like in their guys. So, a guy that could play all five positions and do it pretty well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and back to you know him potentially starting, you know, he's still definitely in that mix to win that left guard spot. So, we'll get more into the left guard position later into the episode. But for now, I you know he's you know he, this is good motivation, like Pierre said. I, I really like that. You know, I didn't think about it like that, but now I'm thinking of it like that. So. I really do dig that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. They, uh, you know, got that deal done with, you know, and looking like last year, he could be potential, you know, roster cut and to see him kind of bounce back and stick around and now get the extension shows that they do like him. So, um, you know, good for Joe Dahl. Congratulations. Showing that he's making progress. So that's exactly that. that, That's, that's good news. And does anybody have like the figure that he's making? Uh, it hasn't got out yet. Hasn't got it yet. Uh I've had too much. Yeah, I'm guessing it's in the Wiggins range, probably two to three million a year, maybe. Okay. I don't know though. I don't want to speculate. Could be a little more, a little less. Yeah, but I, I have no idea. So yeah, I don't know. Definitely to, something to keep your eye on out in the next upcoming days. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So for our next topic. time it is it's time for training camp observation okay so if you guys listened to last episode we kind of had malcolm ask me and peter some questions because he couldn't he wasn't able to make it out to training camp so for the people that are not able to make it to training camp and kind of here want more observations analysis this is the perfect time to kind of get that. And this episode is going to be pretty similar to what we did in episode 30. So, Malcolm, you have the light is yours. Go ahead and ask whatever questions you would like about the line, week two of Lions training camp. And this is this is a big week because this is week two of training camp. And pretty much the end of training camp as well. So, there's a lot of questions that we want to know. So, we're going to start off pretty much similar how we did it last week. Oopsie doopsie and bother the week. Yeah. The people that are our old listeners know about those two topics, the oopsie doopsie and bother the week. We're just gonna start off there. Week two, are the are they the same or do we have new nominees? Do we have new a new oopsie doopsie of the weekend? Do we have a new bother the week? Uh Tyler, you can start it off. Alright, so with the oopsie doopsie, uh, I do have a new candidate, but the guy I did elect last week was uh PJ <laughs> Johnson. Uh, he wasn't. I'll, I won't give him the oopsie doopsie this week, but he, I'll say this: he didn't really, really uh, impress me. I would say uh, week two in training camp actually uh, picked up a fight in Tuesday's practice, so uh, <laughs> got ejected by Matt Patricia. So oh no, 
Um, you know, he probably should win Oopsie Doops of the Week, but uh, I'll, I'll give him a break this week. I'm going to give it to actually cornerback Justin Coleman. And it's not necessarily that Justin Coleman has been awful. It's just that he hasn't really lived up to the contract. I mean, yes, we're only week two of training camp, so how much do you really look into that? You don't really look too much into it, but it is a bit you know, concerning. He's been very underwhelming to me in my eyes. I haven't been too impressed, especially handing him you know, that four-year deal, ton of money, one of the highest-paid slot corners. So it is a little concerning to me, but you, know, you have to give it an adjustment period. You know, he is coming from a different scheme in Seattle. So it's you know definitely interesting to see, but you know, I I'd be lying to you if I would if I was saying I, I've been impressed with Justin Coleman. You know he's, he has been underwhelming, and I wouldn't say it's concerning. If it's still a concern level by week two, week three preseason, then you know you can start really looking at issues going into the regular season. Right now, like I said, we're only at week two of training camp, so I mean I would have to I'm going to give it to Justin Coleman just because how underwhelming he has looked to me in training camp. But you know that that's not a knock on him going into the regular season. I want to add something. Uh, last year, when the Lions, the Lions corners, they struggled a little because they went from like a zone scheme under TA to a more like man scheme and multiple scheme under Patricia. So maybe Coleman is having that little adjustment period. I'm hoping it's just that. We'll see. Because yeah. Seattle basically just ran a heavy dose of cover three, and over here it's completely different. It's a lot of man, um, a lot of different uh, looks. So we'll see. He's just kind of one of those guys that, I mean, you really are like really counting him to, you know, be the first team slot corner and kind of don't want to have any adjustments during the regular season. So I kind of hope it, you know, doesn't have that line swing what they did last year, that defense kind of hope he can figure it out quicker. But like I said, week two of pre or week two of training camp, excuse me. So uh, we'll see when we get more into preseason, if it's still concerning, but you know, he's made some nice plays, you know, some nice pass breakups, you know, during um, practice, the scrimmage game that last Friday. So it's not like he's been, you know, like I said, awful, but he's just been really underwhelming to me. So. Okay. All right. Uh, Pierre, do you have a baller of the week? Week two. I do. And I actually, um, I said this guy would be my breakout player also. And it's Tracy Walker. Woo! He's been, yeah, he's been all over the field, lining up at corner, free safety, strong safety covering running backs, covering tight ends, making plays, PBUs, interceptions. He's all over the place, and he's making plays. He's always near the ball. So, yeah, I just love I love what Tracy is doing. Yeah, Sounds I like agree. a playmaker. Sounds like a playmaker, man. Playmaker is the definition of Tracy Walker right now. He's looking like a playmaker. And you know who I honestly I thought you were going to give it to? It was another safety, Andrew Adams. That's who I thought you were going to give the ball or the week to. You know, he's been, he's been really good to me. He's really been impressive. And, um, you know, he was a really low-key signing going in. You know, when we signed him, like, wasn't getting a bunch of hype. But that's another playmaker, man. He's been make. He's looking like a playmaker out there. But I yeah, think he should uh, be your co-baller of the week. If you had he to was my him. honorable mention. I actually have that in my notes. Baller, Tracy Walker, HM, Andrew Adams. Yeah, man. Nice. Those, safeties are, those safeties are looking pretty good right now. Quandre is looking pretty good. And then Tracy and Adams, loving it, man. We'll get more into it, but I'll just say I'm loving it. Man, I got goosebumps, man. That that that's good to hear, bro, man. <laughs> exactly. Because um a good safety having good safeties, man, it, it helps out the defense so much. Um but as far as the Friday scrimmage, I know both of you guys were there. Yeah. Was there any like player that like stood out that like shined during that scrimmage? Either or. Yeah, uh I'm gonna go right to it. Andrew Adams got an interception. Andrew Adams? Yeah, the safeties specifically actually. You know, Quandra and Adam both got interceptions. 
I was impressed with both those guys. Those guys both really stood out to me. Uh, first team offense, I'll give them a really, you know, they really stood out to me. They were, you know, the defense is missing some guys, like I've mentioned last week. They're missing, you know, Daniels is not out there. Snacks is not out there. Troy Flowers. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, they're missing some guys out there, but Stafford is looking sharp out there. And he made that defense look like a joke out there with that um, first-team defense for that first-team offense. So I actually saw a 99-yard. They said they started them on the one-yard line. 99-yard, you know, play. Not play, but uh, drive. drive. Drive, sorry. Not um, good. Yeah, 99-yard drive. You know, starting off with a big carry-on pass, got him 30, 40 yards, and then offense just doing their thing, you know, getting TJ Hawkinson involved, getting Jesse James involved, getting Danny Amendola involved, getting a little bit of everyone involved, which I love. You know, it's motions everywhere. This is just a different offense, and I'm really digging it. Um, like I said, a lot of, you know, the first-team defense is missing, but the offense is looking sharp. So I'll give guys that really stood out to me the whole first-team offense and, and Andrew Adams and Quandre Dix. Uh, yeah, I just want to mention a couple of things. He was about Bev's offense. It was fun. We saw a lot of rollouts, a lot of play actions, um, deep ball. Uh, it was it was just fun. And then, like, on one play, they ran, like, Ty Johnson. I think it was, like, a jet sweep. I don't know. He came, like, from the side, and they handed the ball off to him. That was really cool to see. That so was they BS, was, though. They, they ruled him down after one yard. He would have got way more yards if that was a real game. I agree. That they, was like, BS. They, um... They're creative, which I know, like, they're just creative. I don't know how to say it. Jim Bob Cooter did not do this. And they scheme guys open. I realize this. They do scheme guys open, which also is something Jim Bob Cooter had trouble with. And another guy I want to say had a good day was Jamal Agnew. He funded once well. There was a play where, like, I swear it probably would have been a touchdown. The refs, like, called it dead. And Agnew was so pissed. He got robbed, yeah. Agnew looks like he looks back to his normal self. His speed is there. He looks really good and healthy. So, I agree. Man, I mean, I, I wish I was there. I mean, that's all I can say. That I wish I was there. I mean, it. I, I'm hearing this from different people that it just they look great. They they look ready, and then that's what that's what all the fans want to hear is that they look ready. Um, what I want to know is last week we we had some. Words to describe our backup quarterbacks, you know, the words were awful, Bruh. terrible, Bruh. And trash can. Um, <laughs> does it look any different? Did they, did we, did we see any improvement? Does these guys look like, does it look like we have a backup or is it still bad? I think we finally have our backup. Tom Savage. Now he didn't have the best uh, scrimmage, but he's looked good in practice. He has a good arm. Obviously, he's still, he's still a backup, but, like, you see some potential as a backup in him. I think he's a lock to be our backup right now. He's done well. Um, he's commanded the offense well. You could see it. He's talking to Stafford, talking to Phil. So, I like I like uh, Tom Savage. Now, David Phil's also has improved a little, but he's still, like, he's still not all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I agree with him. Tom Savage, I actually was at Allen Park on Monday. He was really... Impressing me. I think the best way to explain Tom Savage is the dude is either really good or really bad. <laughs> that's Pretty just, much. Like, that's just the perfect example of Tom Savage. Not really consistent is his problem. But when he's on, he's on. But when he's bad, he's bad. Um, but you know, I was you know, uh, yeah, like I said, Monday he was really impressive. But then in the scrimmage game, threw two interceptions. So it's just kind of like an on-off switch. But 
I'd say Tom Savage is the best backup the Lions have had since the last five, six years from, like, at least what I remember, at least. I mean, I agree. He's, he's not bad. I mean, he's not, like, like he's not great. I mean, you don't you never want to see him in a regular season game. But I'm just saying, like, I'm more impressed with Tom Savage and with the situation we had last year and um, Matt Castle and Jake Rudock. And then with David Fales, you know, I had my words for him last week. I called him what Malcolm said, the garbage, Bruh. you know, the yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, well, I say he's improved since that. Sure. I mean, I wouldn't say he's much better. I don't think he's making the team. But, I mean, he's improved, I guess, from week one of training camp. But, um, I mean, it was not hard to improve after that week one of training camp performance. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, and also, uh, Savage has some starter experience. Like, the reason why he beat Deshaun Watson was because he'd have really good practices in Houston. But during games, he was either really off or really on. So Yeah, that's a perfect example for me. You could probably, like, win a game with him if you had to win a game. Like, you could game plan, like, around it. I think, yeah, like, for a game or two, yeah, but for the whole season, no way. Yeah, I agree. So that was going to be my follow-up question. If um, if Does it look like if something were to happen that we needed to sit Stafford out a game, could Tom Savage manage us to win a game? I you think, think so. He'd take a couple games, not a whole season, nothing major. I, I wouldn't be comfortable with it, but, I mean, if we had to do it, we had to do it. We had to do it, we had to do it, eh? I, okay, how about this? I'll, I'm more comfortable with Tom Savage and Matt Castle. Okay. Right, exactly. Like Matt Castle and Jake Rudak, I had zero. I have like zero confidence, but I Tom have like, Savage. I have a little bit, a li- little bit of faith in. Well, Tom the reason Savage. why I like Savage because he has an arm and he uses it. We know Castle and Rudak just for captain checkdown. Even fails, he likes to throw that thing. He too. is captain. They're checkdown. not scared to throw it. Yeah. Okay. So, so what you're saying is this is definitely an upgrade from last year. Hundred and the years that that's that's good. That's all. Hey. That's what we want to hear. Yeah. We want to hear hey. that we upgraded. That's 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 what we wanted to hear. Um. The guard, the guard position. We know that Joe Dahl just got, he just got a contract extension. Did did he improve the like? Did he show the coaches that he's going to get the starting job, or is it still Kenny Wiggins' job? Who who's leading that that guard position right now? It that is it is really tough to tell right now. I'm, and you know, I think it is those two guys you just mentioned, Kenny Wiggins or Joe Dahl. I don't. I would say right now. Kenny Wiggins has the lead over Joe Dahl. I've seen him. I've seen him in more first team reps, and he's doing a pretty good job with you know Frank Ragnall being the center, and then uh, um, Taylor Decker being on the left side of him. So right now, I'll take Kenny Wiggins to win the starting role. But you know, like I said, there hasn't been a preseason game yet that could easily change. Easily change. But at this very moment, I'll say Kenny Wiggins has the lead over Joe Dahl. But it's for sure not safe. I'll say that. I agree. Okay. Um, I mean, I know both of you guys saw them. Who, like, creates, like, better lanes? Like, who creates better holes? You see, like, you see what's have, not fair about evaluating Joe Dalmore? Yeah, Kenny Wiggins is mainly getting more first-team reps with Frank Ragnow, you know, at the center, gotcha. where um, Joe Dahl is getting some reps with Leo Kalamaki, who is not Frank Ragnow. So it's, not really, not. so it's not really fair. But when Joe Dahl has got the chance, he's looked good. So it just seems like Kenny Wiggins has gotten a lot more first-team reps than Joe Dahl. So I can't say that he's overperforming Joe Dahl, but you know, the second when the second-team offensive line is out there, they haven't looked necessarily sharp. It hasn't looked really good, to be honest. But um, like I said, it's not fair to evaluate Frank Ragnow as your center than Leo Kalamaki. So it's not, you know, it's tough. 
Got you. Let me ask. Let me ask you another question. If, because I know this, that was a big concern coming into training camp. Everybody was saying our guard position is the our our weak link in this, mm-hmm. this team. Do you still feel that way? Do you feel like we like that our guards is not enough? Or do yeah. we? Or can they can they can they win games? Can they can they manage with what we have now? It's it's serviceable. I'll say that. I wouldn't. I would say it is one of our weaker parts of the team, but it's serviceable. Um, and I think if Wiggins is struggling, you could always insert Dahl in there, and then that can give you motivation for Dahl to step up. Maybe he wants to win that role after. So they have the competition. It's just that they're not great at their job. Like you know, they're not the best at it, but they're serviceable. You know, they're, I wouldn't say they're liabilities. Just serviceable is the perfect word for them. They're not great, not bad, serviceable. Okay, I'll take it. Um, a lot of this is a question I have for especially week two of training camp. Because I'm hearing a lot of people saying the cornerback position, how it's we need to upgrade, we need to add more pieces. We're, you know, we're in trouble if something if we get injured, if we get, somebody gets hurt. Do you guys feel that way? How is the cornerback position right now? All we right, haven't seen so Slay out there, but how's everybody else? Actually, Slay was out there the other day. He looked like Slay, but okay. they were limit. He was limited a little. Um, Slay locked has number one. I think the number two right now question is Rashawn Melvin. Slot probably is Justin Coleman with the money they gave him, but he's adjusting to the scheme. Um, and then you got the fourth corner, which is probably between I say Tease and Amani. Tease is hurt right now, and Amani has played well for a rookie. He's given up touchdowns, but he's also made plays. The one problem with him though is he drops too many picks. He has to catch the ball. He has to stop dropping it. Um. And the Lions also, they're like playing with their corner depth. They, 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 uh, they signed Traveris McFadden earlier in the week. Then he got injured. They waved him injured. He reverted back to IR. And they just signed... Um, Josh Alden. Yeah. So I think it's still a concern to me because Tease is hurt. And you know Tease hasn't proven anything in a game yet. I don't. It's a concern to me. Jamal Agnew, I think he's the backup nickel. I think he's also a lock right now. So you got... A rookie, and you got Tease Tabor, and then you got like guys like Mike Ford. Um, it's just I think that you need another bat in there. Yeah, I I could agree with that. I mean, they're missing. You know, Amani has looked good when he's gotten the first team reps with Slay. Not when, like you said, being limited. So he has looked good, but you know, like I said, I've seen him get hit really badly with the double move to Marvin Jones. I saw him right. get pretty dusted by Nikhil Harry when the Patriots were in town. So he he definitely needs to you know um, needs time for that that role. I don't think he's necessarily ready yet, but he definitely has the skill traits to be a good cornerback in the NFL. It's just not necessarily right now. And I I agree. I think they do need another corner. I think they could test the trade market, the waiver wire market when it you know comes down to after the fourth preseason game. So that's definitely see something to look out for, and um, you know definitely interesting to see you know because they are missing I think another corner. You know that locker room. I'll say this: the Patriots have a ton of corners, and I read an article the other day that they could look to move on. And the Patriots are just in town. Maybe they like one of our low end guys, and we like one of their corners, and do like a small trade, or maybe we trade like conditional fifth or sixth or seventh pick. So we'll see. I can definitely see that. That makes a lot of sense, you know, especially right. with them being in town. And I think this is something interesting to bring up. The Giants came last year for a joint practice, correct? Right. Yeah, and if you remember correctly, the Lions now have three players from the New York Giants. So they have Romeo Quara, 
Andrew Adams and Damon Snacks Harrison. Yeah. So those joint pa- practices actually kind of go a long way. I mean, they look mini. They don't look like too much into them. But you're going to find some players that the Lions are going to like or the other way around. Patriots are going to like some guys from us. Something to take a look at. You know, those joint practices are actually pretty serious. And then you're going to see the Lions heading out to Houston next next week for a joint practice. So, you know, definitely look out for some guys from those teams. You know, and it makes low- sense, too, because Houston runs a similar defense as New England, and we run a similar defense as New England. So the guys fit. Like, you don't have to teach them much. Not a big adjustment period. So it makes sense. I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting because we're going to Houston, and we might get a surprise visit from GQ himself, Glover Quinn. You know, he lived in Houston. Um, yep. That would be nice if he comes out, you know, show, you know, makes a visit and shows himself at, at camp. That would be cool, man. Yeah, be a good veteran, you know, get, get some tips from those young kids. Can get some, you know, tips from GQ, obviously. And, uh, you know, shout out to GQ if you're listening, man. You're the man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, um, because Houston, Detroit played for both teams, so it makes sense. It does yeah. make sense. All right, guys, you guys want to take a quick break, and then we'll get more into training camp? Let's go, yeah. man. When you're selling online, getting your orders can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings you all the orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk if you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers including UPS, FedEx, USPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type blue. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter promo code blue. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. And we're back. Welcome um, back, guys. <laughs> all right, so Tyler, our running back, our, our running game right now. I know this is supposed to be the, the biggest improvement on the team. Right now, we have five talented backs. Who, how, first of all, how's the running back position looking, and who looks like they're gonna be the odd man now? And these are all talented backs. All right. First off, I want to start off with our running group and. The difference between Daryl Bevel and Jim Bob Cooter, this is a lot more run-heavy offense than years previous. So the run game is looking really good. You know, it's really good for Stafford, honestly. Because like I've mentioned a million times on this podcast, when Stafford is a 100-yard rusher, he wins the game. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, he's like he's undefeated, I believe. Maybe he lost one game. Very good record, <laughs> to say the very least. So with the run-heavy offense, this is really good for Stafford. And... um. They're looking good, man. You know, Carrion is hasn't lost a step. I think he's gotten better. They're using him more in the passing game. He's looking like the same Carrion as his rookie year. He hasn't lost a step from the injury. Adding CJ Anderson for the people that were scared that he is comparable to Legarrette Blunt. Take that out of your mind. He is not Legarrette Blunt. He's a lot younger. He's playing. He's playing good. I mean, I wouldn't. You know, I haven't seen him in game action yet, but. You know, if he can bring anything, what he brought from that Rams team last year, he's a good, you know, he's a good, talented back. So I like our group right now. 
those two, you know, uh, you know, those two are looking really good. I'm, I've been impressed with both of them. And then rookie Ty Johnson, he's a speedster. You know, you could use him in the passing game, the running game. Something I've noticed, you could use almost all our backs that we have on our team in the passing and running game. So right. that's huge. Um, so I like our group. Uh, but if I had one odd man out, it's going to have to be the guy we have uh, unfortunately have interviewed on the Pride podcast. And Wait, that Tyler, is- I got, you forgot to mention your boy. Zenner's Zenner. Z- not getting cut. He's on the team. You guys know what he did. I, you, guys are, you guys are sick of me here and talk about Zenner. You guys know what Zach Zenner is. Lions fans, if you don't know what Zach Zenner is, just tune in the preseason. You'll know what I'm talking about, all right? I'm not going to right. go, de- go in depth about Zach Zenner. I've talked too much about Zach Zenner, and I love you, Zenner, if you're listening. But uh, the odd man out is going to be a guy we have unfortunately interviewed. It was uh, Mark Thompson, you know, great guy. I would love to see him stick around in the practice squad, but I think right now he is the odd man out. Too much talent from the other four guys I just named. It's going to be really, really tough for Mark Thompson to crack the team. If the Lions decide to carry five running backs, which is very unlikely in my opinion, I would be very shocked. Um, you know, and just from training camp, he's been mainly with the third team. So I wouldn't say they're necessarily really high on him. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see. I mean, I don't have Mark Thompson making that team right now. I, I think those, those four other backs I just named you are – just too talented, and it's just not the greatest position for Mark Thompson right now. I want to say something about Thompson, though. That dude can, like, when the Pats came on, he got physical. That dude can, like, he trucks guys. He, he runs with power and good speed. But like Tyler said, I don't think there's room. Maybe if he has, like, a really good preseason, maybe they could trade him for something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yep. that, that's that's tough, you know, because and he's one of the guys I'm definitely trying to. I want to keep an eye on in the in the preseason. I want I want to see how he how he runs, you know. Um, I, I definitely was rooting for him, you know. I still I'm still rooting for him, you know. But like you said, man, the talent that's ahead of him is it's kind of going to be kind of hard for him to jump those guys, and I don't see them carrying five running backs. Yeah, that's going to be tough. But we're always rooting for people to have joined us on the Pride Podcast, so we always. have a little bu- we will have a little bias for you. So let's go, Mark Thompson. Yeah, you know yeah. the thing. And the, th- and the thing is, you know, I said this from the beginning. We're gonna we're gonna actually lose some talented players. There's gonna be talented guys that are gonna get cut because right now I see a lot of depth from you know linebacker position to wide receiver position to. The running back position, hell, even our tight end position, might we might end up cutting somebody that's talented. You know, we're gonna lose some guys because the guys we have, man, we have a really good roster. Mm-hmm. But, Mal- but Malcolm, that's good though. You, you need. I love having this actual yeah. competition because if you compare this team to last year's team, you kind of just knew who was making the team. And there was like, I was filling out roster predictions every week. I kind of done weekly. I'm gonna continue to do them this year weekly. This year, I'm having tough decisions making predictions. Last year, I had to try to figure like I'm at 47. I'm like, shoot, who else do I throw on this roster? Oh, Cam Johnson? Sure, you can go on the team. Like this year, like there's talented players I don't have on there, and it's tough. But like, you know, last year I'm like, oh man, I'm only at 47. I need to throw more guys out there. So I love having <laughs> this competition right now. And uh, yeah, then you then you throw in the fullback we have. That's I heard he's been killing camp as well, man. Yeah, so Bod- Bod- Bodden's having a nice camp, man. I Bodden, like Bodden, I heard he's killing it. So it's going to be interesting, man. We'll we'll see how they play out with that. Now, one thing about Bodden is like he's the backup long snapper. Like mm. he started off a little bad, but he's kind of like getting his juice a little. And also, he could receive the ball. He's beat linebackers 
and t- like touchdowns for touchdowns or like in receptions. He's a sneaky good receiver out of the backfield. That's good to have. I yeah. think he's nice going to be. I think nice he's going to be a hell of a weapon. Yeah, nice flow yeah. out of the backfield too. You know, you need some of that flow back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Um, I know last week we talked about the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. and we had Brandon Powell making the team. And I know there's been some stuff happening this week about Brandon Powell as far as there's been some injuries. There's been some, maybe some guys playing well. Is there is is it the same right now as far as who you have, as far as the five that's going to start the roster, or are we going to see anybody different? Is does it look like somebody else took the job? It, it is really tough. So week one at training camp, we were talking about Jermaine Curse not really having a great connection with Stafford, not looking very sharp out there. I had him still making the team, but I was like, definitely he's not a lock right now. Week two of training camp has drastically changed. Jermaine mm-hmm. Curse looks really comfortable in this offense. Now, yep. Stafford has a really good connection with uh, Jermaine Curse. I'm really digging it. And I've said it right now, we have some young guys. But the Lions in their situation right now, they have to do what's best for right now, not what's best for the future. Is Jermaine Curse best for the future? Hell no, Jermaine Curse is not best for the future. But for right now, I think he adds the most out of the group we have to be the wide receiver four on this team. So I had him last week as a making the team, but wasn't a different lock. I have him right now as a lock right now. Um, mm. And with the fifth wide receiver spot, this spot has been killing me for weeks. Before training camp, now watching training camp, it's killed me even more. Brandon Powell was my guy right now. I brought the comparison of how Daryl Bevel has used guys like Brandon Powell, guys like Tyler Lockett, guys like Percy Harvin. I mentioned that right. last week. And they continued to use him out of the backfield in training camp week two. They continued to use him in the passing game. It's definitely going to be interesting. I right now have Brandon Powell making it. But you have to counter guys like rookie Travis Fulgham. You know, he's having a good camp. He's run with the first teams. Andy Jones has been running with the first teams, having a – Sneaky, he had a sneaky good week too. You know, yeah. You have you have to counter those guys. He's really good on special teams as well. Right now, I have Brandon Powell just because he could do so much. Every you know, he could play. He's good on the offense, good in the backfield. Um, play special team. Andy Jones offers me an okay wide receiver and a really good special teams player. Travis Fulgham to me, the reason why I have him being the odd man out and Andy Jones being the odd man out. The reason why I have Travis Fulgham being the odd man out, first of all, just because he's not. Doesn't offer really much to me besides just the deep threat, which is good to have. But when you have guys like Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, you have your two tight ends now, TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James. I think it's tough for what could Travis Fulgham offer to you right now. And then it's more of a development project. But I think with his talent, I don't think he stays much longer on that waiver waiver wire. So um, it's going to be a tough cut. But right now, I do not have Travis Fulgham making the team. And then with Andy Jones... You know, he he's good, but I think Brandon Powell just offers a little bit more right now to the Lions. And this is just me assuming the Lions carry five wide receivers going into the season. Will they do that? I do not know. They could carry six, but I right now have them carrying five. And that, and those guys I'm going to go with is Brandon Powell and Jermaine Curse. That's my four and five. Um, the, obviously, the first three are locked. I think the four right now, like Tyler said, I think the four right now is Jermaine Curse's to lose. But honestly, the fifth. It's wide open. Timely Lewis came back today. Um, you got Brandon Powell. You got Chris Lacey, who they like. He's done well in the second team and third team. 
You've got Andy Jones, who had got first-team reps, like Tyler said. you got Travis Fulgham, who's played with the first team at times. So I think it's wide open. I want to see what happens tomorrow night, and then maybe I'll talk about that after. I really don't know who the who do, who do you have making right now? I just kind of want to hear. Maybe we could reflect back. It doesn't have to be a lock right now, but you know, let's, who do you got going into the preseason game? All right, it's first, tough. number four, and number five. I don't know, it's between Powell and Fulgham. Come on, man, give me an answer. <laughs> Just pick one. Just pick one. All right, Flip I'd probably say um, Powell just because he's a better fit for Bev's offense right now. All right, Malcolm, I know you've been asking the question. I'm interested to hear your four and five right now. Uh, this, uh, I mean, to be honest, guys, I, I haven't seen. I <laughs> I'm only going from what I hear. I Based on what so you've heard. What I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing and who I think will be the best fit, I mean, it sucks who's um, Travis Fulgham, you know? I agree. I think it sucks, you know, because he's not gonna he's not gonna last a waiver wire. Somebody's gonna pick him up really quick. And if he does last a waiver wire and we put him on the practice squad, I see him lasting a day. <laughs> like Logan Thomas. <laughs> like like Logan Thomas. <laughs> I see him lasting a day. I don't see him lasting longer than twenty four hours on, on on the practice squad. Um, but shit, um, I'm gonna have to go with Kirsten and Powell for now. I mean, I haven't seen anything from Tommy Lee. I want to see if Tommy Lee can do Powell's job better. If he can do Powell's jaws better, then we have to roll Tommy Lee. Like I said, he does bring that speed that thinks a little bit faster than Powell. Powell still has speed. You know, he told me he ran that four he, he ran that four four speed. So if Tommy Lee does his job better, Tommy Lee gets gets a job. That, that's that's the way I see it. But that's why I, I have my eyes locked in on these preseason games because I just want to see what happens. And they can carry six. If they carry six, it'll be easier for me. But honestly, It'll be easier for everybody. It, it's super hard right now. I want to see, like... Like, what I just said right now is all, like, my lack prediction. is just, like, if I did, like... Really, if, I, if there was a gun to my head, I'd say Curse and Powell. It's, it's going to be hard for them to keep six because there's so... If you, if you think about keeping six, you, then you're looking, all right, you got to keep your best 53 or the guys who could do more. You know, who's able to play special teams. And then you got to look at the other position. You got your running back position. Do you keep five there or do you cut four? You know, there, there's five talented backs we have there. Our tight ends... We have, what, what, we have five really good tight ends? There's six. There's we, six we have tight four ends on really talented ones. We have four really talented tight ends. Are we going to carry all four to the season? Now, if we carry four tight ends, they're not going to carry, they're not gonna carry six wide receivers. That's not going to happen. Well, Logan so, Thomas is mainly like a wide receiver. He's not really the best blocker, but he's really good um, as a receiver. So I know, I know that. So if you're keeping four tight ends, are you going to keep six, receive, six receivers? That, that's the dilemma you're looking at. It's tricky. It's it's going to be tricky, and this goes back to what I said before. We're going to lose some talented player. There's going to be some guys who need to be on the roster, should be on the roster, but just unfortunately it's not going to be on our roster because of the situation that's going on right now, which is a really good situation you want to be in as a team, that you want to, you want to have the situation because, like Tyler said, you don't want to don't be like, damn, <laughs> we're at 47. Who, who, who makes the cut? Throw who, on? Who, who, who's on the team by default? You know, you don't want that situation. <laughs> exactly. So, you don't you not want that. We're in a good situation, so that's good, man. Um I'm I'm happy on that end. Um as far as the rookies and we you know we talked about some rookies earlier. How are the rookie like the second weekend, how are the rookies doing? You know, who's some guys that's gonna make an immediate impact on the team? As far as rookies, who's some guys that that they show flashes? But they still need. They still got some work to do. And who's some guy? Who's 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 some rookies that they just need a huge preseason to make this roster? All right. Um. Let's start with like 
Okay, so first round and second round, Tavai and Hawkinson. I think it's an immediate impact right away. Okay. Amani Orue or Ori Warbier, um, he's, he could do that. He has to work on some things, though. But he's trending in the right direction. You can see he's developed a lot since week one. I mean, you, you see it in his game. He's developed. But he has a lot of work to do. Um, and then you have Austin Bryan, who's injured. It's not really fair. Will Harris looked a lot better than he did last week, getting more comfortable. And the Lions are actually throwing him in there. They were more patient with Tracy Walker, but they're just throwing Will Harris in there and just seeing how he does. He's around the ball sometimes, so he's playing better. And then Isaac Nada, he's done well. Now the guys like that need to probably do really well to make the roster, I'd say are PJ Johnson and Travis Fulgham. And like undrafted Bo Benchall and like Ryan Poplar are two undrafted guys. I'd say those guys need to like do more because they haven't really had I mean Travis Fulgham has played with the ones but not consistently and PJ Johnson he's yep. been mostly down yep. up. Yep. And then both PJ Johnson. He's been with the third team the entire time, and Ryan Pope has struggled really bad. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. PJ Johnson has to have a hell of a preseason if he wants to make this fifty-three man roster. He's going to need to do that. But um, let's go back to our draft class. I want to start off with the immediate production. I'm going to agree. TJ Hawkinson, Jelani Tavai give you immediate production on the offense and the defense side of the ball. I think third round pick Will Harris is still a project. I don't think he's ready to go right away. And I'd be very shocked if he even had a, a role, honestly, the first few weeks, the first month of the season. I'd actually be pretty shocked if they had a, a role, assuming there's no injuries. If there's an injury, that's a different scenario. But if there's no injuries, I'd be very shocked if he actually has a role. Um, fourth round, Austin Bryant. I think once he's healthy, he has a he has a pretty big role in right. this defense, I think. I think he kind of serves as that Eli Harold role is what we had last yeah. year. I like him a lot when he was out there in week one of training camp. Fifth round pick, Amani Arue, is, I think, is a very interesting situation. Now, I think they have their one, their one, two, three with Slay, Melvin, and Coleman. I think if there was an injury to happen or then I could see maybe Amani having a, like an actual like legit role on the team, but I think he, right now he's kind of just limited. Him and Harris are more limited to being just a backup right now, kind of developing their game and then maybe taking that bigger leap, you know, mid middle to later in the season or even possibly next year. But we'll get, you know, that's so far away from now. Um, and the sixth round, Travis Fulgham needs to have a uh, a very good preseason uh, to make this team because there's a lot of good wide receivers in this group. And then Ty Johnson, I think he has a role and. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's been already really impressive to me, and I you know expect a I expect to see him have a pretty decent role once regular season comes around. I think he'll be pretty good during the preseason, and then back to our last pick, PJ Johnson. Yeah, PJ Johnson. <laughs> we'll see what happens with PJ Johnson. I do not have PJ Johnson make the fifty-three man roster right now, but that, that could change. But I, I guess we'll wait and see. And then you know, I think. Pierre did a really good job with undrafted guys. I haven't really been necessarily impressed with any of the undrafted guys. Trey Lamar has been interesting. He's he's not been bad. You know, he's had a few nice pass breakups. But, you know, my guy had very high expectations about I've been talking about him on the podcast the last few episodes. His Bo Benchow. He's been a little bit 
um, underwhelming to me so far. But, you know, I'd like to see him during camp and see what he can do. And Ryan Pope, I think he's still a development project. I think that's a guy, if he can keep him around the practice squad, I think he can develop to be something solid. Same with Ben Shawa, but um, Ben Shawa had a bunch of offers, you know, um, after the draft. So that, that'll be interesting to see how long he could stick around in the market. I do not have any of our undrafted guys making the team at the very mm. moment right now. I have possibly one that can make the team, and it's CJ Moore. Yeah, I just want to see how he does tomorrow. He's made some plays quietly. He's been he's done well on special teams. Yeah, I want to see him tomorrow. I'm very anxious to watch CJ Moore tomorrow night. Definitely a guy to compete with Chuck. I think. I think that's a competition to look out for, especially on the special teams. And honestly, CJ Moore has looked at a better safety than Chuck Washington. You know, at the actual safety position. So, yeah, that that is a very good, you know, sneaky undrafted guy. Not a lot of fans have heard of. So yeah, that that is a good one. Um, but not like like many undrafted guys like in years past where we've had guys like uh, I mean they're not on the team anymore, but like Alex Barrett, Jeremiah Velago were kind of big guys in years past, you know, who were good undrafted guys, but who made the team. I really just don't have that guy that's like really sticking out to me yet. Yeah, we just if somebody has a breakout these four preseason games, one of those guys can make the team. It oh, all yeah. depends on how they play if they if they somebody breaks out. Um, going back to PJ Johnson, I mean, I, he looked like he just had a really rough two weeks of training camp. Yeah. Like it has not because it looked like, like before he came to training camp, he like read a book of like what not to do. Um, and he followed for, <laughs> for your first two weeks of training camp. And he like, he literally did everything that he's not supposed to do. <laughs> um, it's like, I don't know, man, it's been rough for him. He gets in a fight, gets tossed out. Gets pancaked. Yeah, like pancake is like his middle name in training camp. Like he's been getting <laughs> pancaked left and right. Like it has not been good. Like man, I I, I love to pick. When we picked him up, I was like, all right, that's it's many snacks. You know, seventh round. Like he looks he looks like a snacks Harrison. Like this is great, you know. But it just has not been good. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's reason why he went in the seventh. So yeah, I know, you know, but I don't know, you know, you know, you look. You know, you kind of hope for a sleeper that maybe right. that he's like a no. sleeper pick. You know, he's not looking like that right now. I'll this say that. Definitely <laughs> not. He's living up to his draft status. We'll put it like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you both of you guys seen you, you guys seen a lot of training camp for the, per, for the for the first two weeks. What have you noticed is a big difference between Bev's offense from this year and JBC's offense from last year? Do you see like a huge difference as far as What's happening with his offense? All right. It's like night and day. And if you're like, what do you mean by that? It's completely different. Um, Jim Bob Cooter was like a lot of dump downs. Didn't really take a lot of shots. No emotions. Just line up and run your route. Wasn't scheming wide receivers open. Babel uh, is the exact opposite. Runs, play actions, rollouts. Uh, Stafford is more mobile in this offense. Um, they're taking deep shots. They're motioning guys. They're scheming guys open. It, it was. It's actually really fun in the scrimmage game. Like I had fun watching it. It was something that like we've never seen them do. It was like it was kind of eye opening to me to be honest. Because like whoa, like where, where was this last year? Like what the hell? They're actually taking advantage of Stafford's arm. Really? Yes. <laughs> what they were supposed to do when you pay a guy that much money. Use him, bro. Like, I couldn't stand Jim Bob Quitter. He's gone, though. So, like, one of the best arms, if not the best arm in the NFL, they're actually using? 
Wow. I can't yeah. believe it. But yeah, I agree. Uh, Daryl Bevel has really changed his offense up. A lot of motions, a lot of deep, you know, they're using a lot of guys deep there. You know, Marvin Jones is starting to look like he's already looking like in mid-season form. I mean, if uh-huh. people had concerns of, you know, uh, trading him and the injuries he had last year, get that out of your damn mind right now. Yeah. Marvin Jones is the man. He's he's looking good out there. I'm, I'm really digging Marvin Jones. And a guy like I mentioned earlier in the uh, podcast, Jermaine Kersman, they've been using him in the deep game too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really digging him, man. I really – grown on Tremaine Curse this week in training camp. So, yeah, I agree. Daryl Bevel has changed this offense. They're actually using Stafford's arm. It's it's crazy. I mean, who would have thought that would have worked? <laughs> um, what I, what I, um, going back when we first signed, when we signed Bevel as our offensive coordinator, he said something that, you know, that, that kind of stuck with me. He said that he's going to put Stafford in situations that he's not really comfortable being in. He's going to roll him out, and they're going to take shots. And I think our wide receiving core, we have a lot of guys that if it's a one-on-one matchup, we're winning that one-on-one matchup when the ball is in the air. Oh, yeah. I think nine out of ten times. Oh, Kenny yeah. Galladay, if he's one-on-one down the field, nine out of ten times he's coming out. might be ten out of ten because the way he attacks that ball. Just, um, re- just reflect the game first the Bills last year. When they yeah. won against Tredavious White, look what he did in the first half. Just yeah. reflect back on that. I know. Uh, like he attacks the ball. Like he attacks the ball. Like I, I like he one of the best ball attacker. When that ball's in the air, catching it at the highest point, he's one of the best I've seen. Him and Marvin are really good at D50s. Yeah, him and Marvin. Really Marvin good. Jones is the same way. Marvin Jones one on one down the field. Marvin Jones coming down with that ball nine and ten times, and we have a lot of guys that can do that. So I and I think we're gonna see a lot of that this year. That's why I can't wait. I and can't if you want. And if you want to double team one of those guys, leave TJ Hawkinson with the safety or one on one with the safety. Nah, not a good idea. So Amendola, you leave Amendola yeah. or like the, the, see that's the teams. such the such the opposite from going into last year to this year because okay, I can't say going into, but um, at least ending the year, you had Kenny Galladay with agencies. They didn't use any of their tight ends last year, which when you know you put a double team one of the receivers. They're not, they're not getting the tight ends involved. That's when you get the tight end involved because you have the one-on-one matchups. They just never did it. I think if they have a double team on one of their wide receivers, you're going to get the tight end involved, you know? Get the running game more involved. And it's, it's, just a, it's just such a more different offense. And there's not really much weakness to that offense, I'll say that. Probably just, probably just the guard spots a weakness right now. But we'll see. I mean, different. with Frank, with Frank Ragno helps so much, though. Yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm telling you, there's a different vibe, different energy. Everything... With this team, like last year, everything I heard from training camp last year was nothing but red flags. We can't do this. We can't do that. We're, we're, we can't stop the run. We can't cover tight. We can't do this. Can't do that. This year has been nothing but positive, man. Yeah, it's been nothing Patricia, but positive energy this year. Patricia's a changed man, too, man. Just watch He's Inside the Den. Man. Malcolm told me to tune into episode two of Inside the Den. Shout out to the Detroit Lions. You know, putting those episodes out. They're really yeah. enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I like yeah. those. Yeah, and you the, just, you just see... Yeah, you just you just see Matt Patricia saying. I saw a clip of him talking to Snacks. Like he said, "I love you, man." <laughs> Snacks and I love you back. So yeah, man. Like, yep. it's just a different vibe, you know. It's it's really cool to see. So, um, it is a different vibe, like Malcolm said, just comparable to last year. And like I said, man, that 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 type of vibe, that type of energy feeds off, man. That's a that's the type of team that I'm gonna say it on the air. That's the type of team that could win you championships. That's the type whoa, of energy whoa, you need whoa, to whoa, win. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the type of energy you need. I'm not saying we're going to win a championship, but I'm saying that's the type of energy you need to win a championship. 
They all got to have the same energy, the same vibe. It got to be positive. And that's what I see that, that's going on in Detroit right now. So I think it's a it's just a good look going forward, man. And as far as changing the culture, he definitely did that. Everything yep. I said bad about Patricia, man, I'm saying it right now. I'll take it all back. Because he came in, and he's definitely changed the culture. The culture's changed, man. I've all, uh, just one more thing to add no, about Patricia. The culture changed. I've always preached that Patricia has to bring his own guys. I mean, because it was tough because Caldwell was a very likable coach from the player standpoint. And to have that transaction, bring the whole Patriot way here, you know, it, it is tough. And having guys that weren't really, you know, knew the Patriot way, you know, they have never played with it. I've always said it. Just give it time. Let Patricia bring his own guys who's had played in the system before. And there'll be adjustments, you know, there'll be changes. There'll be guys that already know what to expect. And it looks like, you know, some of the guys a year two in the system are, you know, starting to, you know, actually dig it. You know, when you have good outings, you know, having good games, good practices, people are going to buy in. Your players are going to buy in. And it seems like the players are way more bought in last this year than compared to last year. Yeah. And the yeah, fans see it too, that, that, that's good, man. Um, what I want to know is, just give me one player that that stood out the most throughout these last two weeks of training camp. I know we had our ball of the weeks, but who was one player that consistently shined throughout this whole train this whole training camp? I'll start off with mine, and I've already mentioned him earlier in the podcast, Andrew Adams. He's really like surprising me. Like I I didn't even have him as like a roster make going into training camp, but like he's looking really good to me. I've been really impressed with Andrew Adams, looking like a playmaker. And I'm going to mention it for the third or fourth time on the podcast ever. The guy that who's picked up Cam Newton three times in a game. That's a playmaker that we need on the defense. He's surprising me. And it, it's a it's a pleasant surprise. So I'm, I'm happy uh, with Andrew Adams. And I'm going to say a guy that who surprised me in the other way is Bo Benchawo. I expected a lot more out of him. Kind of wanted to see him run more with the first or second team. Not necessarily the first team, but like more second team. See him more in, you know... In, important roles i guess you say okay i should say important but you know what i mean uh just having more in i guess regular season form and i I haven't seen i've seen him mainly just with backups mainly third team and even with that he hasn't looked very impressive but um so it goes both ways you know i've been really impressed with andrew adams and a guy that's underwhelmed me is um pope and shovel i'm 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 shocked my mouth is open man i'm shocked you you give um andrew adams the the training camp championship title out of everybody I don't know what championship, but like he is very shocking to me. Like he, like he's surprising me, man. He's really good. Fun. And it's not really a surprise, but to me, when it first started, it was because you know when a rookie tight end comes in, they have their struggles. You know, like they're lost sometimes. But TJ Hawkinson, he looks like he's been in the league for like three or four years. This dude is balling, catching everything, uh, physical in the run game. He he could do it all. Peter, were you uh-huh. related to any specific tight end uh, who struggled in their first year? Mm. <laughs> Let's just say this is my nickname, Eric E. Drop. Okay, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I call uh, you, but that's fine too. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I'm, I'm going to say most Titans do struggle. Right, their first year. Hell, Tony Gonzalez just went to Hall of Fame this year. Struggled his first year. But you shouldn't uh, struggle like three years in a row, and then your fourth year you go off in the middle of the season, and then yeah, I mean, it's, it's different, you know. You know he's at where he's at. He's he's good. You know he's good where he's at. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I ain't seen training camp. I ain't see anything. 
Besides Inside the Den, shout out to Inside the Den by Detroit Lions. Like, um, uh, like a critical third down, Stafford threw the ball during the scrimmage. He threw the ball to Hawkinson. So, yeah. like, he trusts him already. Like, it's one of Stafford's favorite targets, I'd say. Yeah. Maybe I mean, his favorite target. Yeah. Um, coming in, I mean, a guy who I would say I'm most impressed with, even though I didn't see anything, um, would have to be TJ. TJ, and then I'll have to give it to Daniel Amendola. I, I knew Daniel Amendola was good. But the stuff I'm hearing, people are comparing him to Golden Tate. That's exactly what I've been comparing him to, honestly. Yeah, he, like, yeah, I got that from he, you. Yeah, he's actually been, like, I wouldn't say as, like, good as Golden Tate was for us, but, like, they're using him like what Golden Tate was here. And I could see that being like another successful slot wide receiver coming in Detroit and succeeding, you know. And, like, Golden was, you know, he was good receiver in Seattle, came to Detroit and just kind of, I, you could say break out, I guess. And I think, you know, Amendola's had his good career, you know, in New England, obviously. He's won his Super Bowls. I just think it's kind of a guy who's been forgotten the last few years, you know, bouncing, you know, was in Miami. Um, I think this this is a good spot for him, and he's looking really good in this Detroit offense. I really like the spot where they have Danny Amendola and the way they're using him. Yeah. And obviously, like we talked about earlier, but Tracy Walker, he's just been making plays week one, week two. He's been killing us. So Tracy Walker, too. Okay. Um, now, this is excited for the preseason game, but we got question marks. Who's going to be it? Who's going to be out there? Who's going to be sitting? Do you guys know exactly? Like, who do you guys think exactly who's going to be out there? Is our starters playing? Is Stafford playing? Who's going to be out there for the first preseason game? So, start off with Stafford. Do you not see Stafford even playing a snap during that, that week one preseason game? Kind of like last year versus the Raiders. He didn't even get a snap. And it makes sense. Guys I expect to play. You know, we saw carry on breakout last year. I don't know how much we'll see him in the preseason. I don't know how much we'll see him play this year. Kind of would rather not see him, honestly, just because um, of the injury he had last year. Just kind of want him healthy going into the season. You know, maybe get some action week two, week three. But guys that do expect to play that could have some roles are guys like TJ Hawkinson, Jelani Tavai, um, Amani Arue is going to be very interesting to watch. You know, all that rookie class is going to play. Yeah, except then, the ones that are injured, obviously. Yeah, like Austin Brown will not be playing. And then, um, you know, some guys who are, I guess you could call veterans now, or like Romeo Aquara. You know, I think I was, we see, maybe expect to see a little bit of him. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Devon can no, not Devon Kennard. Uh, <laughs> there's Jared Davis. Would you ever do it? Do you I guys think Justin Coleman, Tyler. Justin yeah, Coleman. Justin, Justin, Justin Coleman should he be struggled playing. a little. He's struggling. He, he, he needs he needs the reps. He does yeah. need the reps. So yeah, that's a guy. Um, even Jesse James, I could see a little bit. You know, he could do some reps in the offense. I don't know. It'll be interesting. You know, there's a few guys. Um, I think you'll see a lot of like Zach Zenner, a lot of Mark Thompson, a lot of Ty Johnson. I agree. So, um, receiver wise, I don't expect to see much of Marvin Jones, Amendola, or Kenny Galladay. So expect a lot of Jermaine Curse, a lot of Travis Fulgham, a lot of Chris Lacey, a lot of Brandon Powell, um, Andy Jones, Duhart, Jonathan Duhart's low key. Yeah. Like, he's fast. Jonathan Duhart's having a good one. Um, safety position, I still expect to see more Andrew Adams. So some Tavon Will Wilson, Harris. yeah, some Tavon Wilson. Tavon. No I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we'll see Diggs and Walker. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more Tracy Walker. I would not be surprised if they want to see a little more Tracy Walker. But that's definitely interesting. Diggs, I don't see it. And then, um, you know, Davis, I don't know. That's interesting, too, because he has, a, I guess, a little, you know, injury. So I don't know if they want to risk it at week one of the preseason. 
Uh, he hasn't been out there the last two days. I doubt Tabor- he's out there. What was that? I the doubt goat. Davis is yeah. out there. Yeah. And then Tease Tabor as well. I mean, I don't Okay, chill out. He hasn't been a... He, he, he hasn't been out there the last few days with a little minor injury, so I kind of doubt we'll see T. Staber tomorrow as well. And then I think offensive line, maybe a little more Frank Ragno. I wouldn't be surprised. Glasgow, I mean, I don't know. Okay, I, we didn't bring this up, but Glasgow has looked good at right guard, but it's been very interesting. They have been rotating him a lot with our new offensive lineman, Ode Abushi, which has been very interesting. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of both of them during this game. Maybe more majority Ode Abushi, but I do expect to see a little more Graham Glasgow. They all need to be out there. That whole offensive line better be out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that because Decker is set, Wagner is set, Rag, Ragnow is set. I think what Tyler was saying, I agree with Tyler. So they have Wiggins and... Um, Joe Dahl. I'm sorry. They have Wiggins and Graham, Glas- Graham Glasgow playing together. And then when they, like, switch it up, it's uh, Dahl and Ibushi playing together. So On those first four team. guys, yeah, those four guys are constantly rotating. It's just hard to grip. I don't know what's going on with Glasgow. I thought, like, he's having a good I mean, He's good, bro. Like, leave him there. But maybe, like, they want to make him uncomfortable, you know? Like, that could possibly be it. And it's his last year of a contract. So, I mean, uh, I don't know what they're doing i mean I, every time i've seen graham glasgow out there in training camp he's looked good to me and glasgow's kind of just one of those guys who should be playing every snap unless he's hurt you know and that's not like a guy usually rotate i agree so yeah. it, it is definitely interesting to see so i would expect to i guess see a little graham glasgow but yeah i think milk i mean honestly wouldn't be surprised to see a few reps from that whole offense line maybe limit more guys like rick wagner and um taylor decker and even frank ragno but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of more than usual Graham Glasgow during this preseason. I expect I mean, to see um, a lot of like uh, Donnell, Crosby, and Luke Bawanko, and like those guards you mentioned. Leo Kalamaki, those guys. Yeah, yep. yeah I expect to see those. As, as yeah. far as the, the starting offensive line, the reason why I said that they should be out there because I think they need to have as much reps as possible playing with each other. Um, that's why... I, I was. I would hope that they'll at least get one series together, but if that doesn't work, you know. Pull them out the second series, you know. You know the nice thing as well is that these guys have at least all play, the starters. At least you know Wiggins, Ragnall, Glasgow, Wagner, Decker. They've all played together last year. They have. So that that is nice bringing into you know this year. So you know there is some new faces like Abushi and you know the rookies we've mentioned, and so um. It is definitely interesting to see, but you know those guys have, which is nice, experience together on the line. That's good. So, mm-hmm. pretty much for everybody that's listening right now, those are the guys that, you, that you're most likely going to see um, tonight and on the preseason game. Don't look for Stafford; he's not going to be out there. You're going to see a lot of the backups. You know, a lot of guys who are fighting for positions. Those are guys that are going to be out there, and I think we're going to still have a really good preseason game because, like I said, this team is deep as far as the talent we have. On the roster, so we're gonna still see some no, good Tom plays. Brady. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady's not playing. Tom Brady's not gonna be out there. He's probably not gonna play until like week three. Yeah. But yeah, man. Um, that looked like that is it. We wrapped up week two. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed our analysis on week two of training camp. And before you know, we you guys watch the preseason game. It's just a different vibe, and you guys will see that tonight when you guys watch the game. 
I, I'm just so excited. You know, it's just it's different, man. I don't know what it is that the guys are more comfortable, and I'm just I don't know how to explain it. Super excited, but I'm Tyler from Lions Nation. I'm Beer from Detroit Lions fan page. I am Malcolm, and I'm with the Detroit Lions video page. All right, Lions fans, take care. Hope you guys enjoyed. All right, guys, peace out. Peace. Pride Podcast is sponsored by the D-Line, a lifestyle brand celebrated by Detroit and the great state of Michigan. Visit thedline.com for awesome apparel, stickers, and more. D-Line.com for Detroiters made by Detroiters.